You're listening to The Beauty Debut. I'm your host, Claudia Fabian. As someone who has spent over 25 years in the beauty industry as an esthetician, makeup artist, and in professional sales, I want to share what I've learned. Allow me to be your beauty avatar and give you a behind-the-scenes look at what it's really like to work in the world of beauty. And follow me as I navigate how to age gracefully. And remember, it's never too late to make your debut. This podcast is about all things beauty inside and out. Tune in every week to hear my conversations with the amazing professionals who are working in all aspects of the beauty industry. Get the scoop on the latest trends and learn firsthand insider tips and tricks to help you look and feel your very best. I'm so happy to have you here. The Beauty Debut starts now. Michelle, I am so happy to have you on this episode of the Beauty Debut Podcast. You know, this series about inner beauty has been so important to me. And um, of course, right away, I thought of you when I was thinking of putting this series together. So thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with me and the listeners about the magic that you do. So welcome. Thank you so much, Claudia. This is such an honor to be part of your podcast and to have this time with you today. I really appreciate you inviting me to chat today. Um, Before we dive into all the things that you do, I just wanted to acknowledge that, you know, finding your service was really helpful because I had never tried sound healing before. You know, I wish that everyone listening could experience it. Um, one-on-one with a practitioner like yourself because it is so life-changing. It's nothing like I ever thought it would be. And it was so helpful in me kind of letting go some of the things I didn't even realize I was holding on to. So I'm so excited for you to share what you do. I know that you do Reiki, you're a, you know, you teach Reiki, you're a Reiki master, but Sound healing is another component of your offerings. And maybe you can start off just by telling us a little bit about what Reiki is and how it differs from sound healing. Absolutely. Well, as an energy healer, I have found combining both the traditional Reiki energy healing with sound healing is just a wonderful way to help relax the mind, calm the body, balance the chakras, and just help us to reawaken our ability to self-heal. So Reiki is a traditional Japanese technique that is used to, you know, to, to induce relaxation and help to do that, to reawaken the body's ability to self-heal. And as a Reiki master, what I do is I channel the client's life force energy. Um, We all have, a lot of times when people come to an energy healer, they feel like, you know, I'm giving them something or I'm sharing something with them. But really what Reiki is, is to tap, is tapping into what is already there. We have everything we need within us already. And the channeling of that life force energy um, I always, I often describe it as like a jumper cable. <laughs> we're, we're using the parts of our energy that are strong and vibrant 
to help reawaken, you know, parts of us that need a little bit of a jump start. Um, let's be real, you know, being human, we have a lot of stress, a lot of things in life that happen that can weaken our life force energy or that energetic flow. So channeling that life force energy uses your strengths to help reawaken parts, like I said, that need a little bit of a jump start. And I started to integrate sound into Reiki a few years ago. Um, a lot of times, you know, a lot of the, what I do has to do with the nervous system. So many of us spend so much of our day, you know, with, you know, the sympathetic nervous system where it's like that fight or flight, go, go, go state. Mm -hmm. And energy healing helps, you know, helps us with the parasympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system where we get us that, to that rest and digest phase. So I found that sound was a wonderful way to help that relaxation to happen because in order for our body to self-heal, we need to be in that state of relaxation. So a lot of times when we're first you know, lying down, it's your first session, your mind is wandering. I call it monkey mind. We've got, you know, thoughts going a million miles a minute. I like to start with sound as a way to help, you know, restore harmony and balance and just calm and relax. And um, I use a, a lot of different sounds to do that. Um, my favorites, I, I usually start with a Koshi chime, which is this enchanting little chime. I call it like the Swiffer duster of your aura, which just kind of helps to get that energy moving. Um, after the chime, I like to bring in crystal singing bowls mm -hmm. and I use those to help talk to different parts of the body. Now, all of the sounds that I use, most people find them to be incredibly relaxing, um, just, but they're more than just sounds to relax. Um, they are creating vibrations and the sound receptors in your skin are just soaking up those vibrations and they're helping to tune us up like the sacred instruments that we are. Mm -hmm. So I don't, you probably remember from your session, the crystal bowls, I had a variety of different sizes and sounds and tones. Um, they all, it's kind of like a little symphony for your soul designed to talk to different parts of the body. Um, some of these sounds talk to more of the physical, we call that the lower triangle, the physical part of the body, mm -hmm. while other sounds communicate more with the spiritual part of the body. And then I have quite a few different tools that are speak directly to the heart. And our heart serves as the bridge between the physical body and the spiritual body. So the crystal singing bowls Help to, facilitate, help to facilitate that harmony. Um, I also have another type of crystal singing bowl that I use. I call it my cord cutter. <laughs> and it, it creates a very high frequency and it helps to just kind of cut any energetic cords or emotional entanglements or just any energy that is just dragging us down or making us feel tired and exhausted. I just kind of move that around the body to cut that connection. And after the first part of sound, and that's when I go into the Reiki energy healing. Mm -hmm. And um, that is when I just place my hands gently above the body 
in a variety of different hand motions, usually corresponding with the body's seven main chakras. And I don't know if you recall during your session, but sometimes when we're doing that, even though I'm not touching the mm -hmm. physical body, sometimes people can experience sensations like hot, feeling heat, cold, twitches, tingles. Sometimes people see colors or have thoughts or experience emotions. And what is happening is those are all signs that the body is bringing itself back into, the, into balance. Mm -hmm. So the sounds used earlier in the session help to calm and to relax, and it makes it much easier for that life force energy to be channeled. Um, so I don't know if you recall any particular sensations during your Reiki session. Yeah, I just yeah. remember it being very kind of like an emotional release, I guess, in a sense. And the, 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 um, the crystal bowls, like you felt, or I felt the vibration all through my cells. Like it was like, I had never experienced that kind of feeling before. And it was quite amazing, you know, from start to finish, um, the whole um, treatment that I received. And I remember coming home that night and just, you know, feeling very relaxed. But the next morning I had kind of an awakening to some, um, some personal issue I had been dealing with at the time. And it just gave me instant clarity. And I knew um, I had to write this person, uh, this person in my, in my family, a letter. And I wrote, it just kind of poured out of me. Like I couldn't even contain it. It was wow. that I needed to do. And I never could find the right words, but I just that morning poured out of myself onto this paper and I ended up mailing the letter, but it was something uh, as a healing mechanism for me. I had to release that. I had to let that go. Because I think sometimes, you know, the re another reason why I wanted to have you on is I think that as humans and through going through life experience, you don't realize you're holding on to things. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm over it. I've, I've moved on or it doesn't stress me out or I'm not worried about that. But it's somewhere inside of you, you know, kind of picking away in a sense. So releasing that is so important. And that is really part of loving yourself. And I think part of maintaining your inner beauty is to just not hold on and to release. I think it, you know, holding on to things I think can age you. So I know we'll. Oh, absolutely. But, but um, or maybe we could talk about it now. You know, why is it important to consider, you know, if, if this type of modality isn't comfortable for people, finding something in order to not only heal their inner demons, but also to release emotions, good and bad. Absolutely. You're exactly right. A lot of us, so many of us, we push down and we bury emotions and we think just because we're not acknowledging them or we're just kind of like brushing them off that they go away. Well, that energy lives in our physical body. And what you experienced you know, yourself is you gave your body the gift of stillness. And it was during that time when you were just, it's in stillness when we receive clarity, when we are constantly, you know, moving and going and doing and just going from one activity to the next, 
we just don't have the time and the energy to really face and focus on what it is we're so we're holding on to. Mm-hmm. And when you give your, your nervous system, you get into that, that, you know, that rest and digest phase of the nervous system. That is when your body is able to kind of, like I said, self heal, but it also gives you that clarity of what needs to go. And it lets you to let go of whatever it is we're holding on to. And then that in itself creates space for whatever, you know, you would want to replace that with. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's, you know, one of the things too, and and sound is something, it's so funny. It's sound healing, obviously, which you hear a lot of the sounds, but during a sound bath, it's more of a feeling than it is sound. Because like you mentioned, you can feel those vibrations traveling all throughout the body. Um, And after the Reiki portion is when I like to bring in the Tibetan healing bowls. And most clients choose to have me place a bowl on their physical body so they can not only hear the sound, but they can also feel the sound and feel how those blockages and that energy is just dissolving. And it's just a wonderful experience. And, and, you know, toward the end, I always save, I save it as the grand finale because our nervous system needs to be in that really relaxed state to receive the gong. I don't know if you recall the gong bath at the end, but that is an incredibly meditative, but powerful tool. And it, it kind of serves two purposes. Um, I like to call it the dump truck of the soul <laughs> because when you are in that state of receiving, you know, and, and channeling that life force energy and you're letting things go when you're releasing, the gong helps to just literally wash away all of those emotions and tension and just all those things that we've been holding on to for many of us from since childhood <laughs> in some cases. And whenever we release we need to invite something of a higher frequency to take its place. So the gong is also known as the sound of creation. Mm -hmm. And all the other tools that we started earlier in the session, they talk to little different parts of the body. And then the gong is one of those that just talks to the whole body as a whole. And it's incredibly powerful. And that helps to, like I said, just kind of replace you know, invite something of a higher frequency to take the place of some of the lower energies that we've released. Because whenever we release something, if we don't invite something of a higher frequency to take its place, sometimes we can get back into the pattern, you know, of putting the same, making the same habit over and over again. So, and like you said, is that, oh, go ahead. Is that why maybe some people feel, I mean, they feel good after these types of sessions but then it only lasts for a certain you know number of days or sometimes just hours and then they kind of go back to their old patterns because they didn't replace that with something else or is there a process to that or how does that work well absolutely i mean sound healing is definitely something it's a tool that can help i I often compare it to doing laundry (laughs) so Mm -hmm. it's like we all you know have 
you know, laundry and baggage. If we're going on a, you know, on a trip, we've got a suitcase full of dirty laundry and things that we're just carrying around, meaning like old emotions and belief systems and patterns. And a sound healing is that opportunity just to take all that old and just cleanse it and just give our energy a fresh start. Mm -hmm. And that is the starting point. There are no energy healing is not a quick fix. It's not like you have one session and poof, all of your problems go away and your life is going to be magic and rainbows and butterflies from here on out. It all has to do with our intention and the choices that we make in life. So when you had that experience where you felt that clarity to really let something go and to have that closure and let something go, that is creating space for new opportunities in your life. Mm -hmm. And when you don't go back to perhaps maybe, you know, a relationship that may have been maybe toxic in some ways or a belief system that's not serving us, once we have the clarity, which energy healing can bring to move forward, then we kind of leave those things in the past where they belong. Um, does that answer your question? I know yeah. it's yeah, and I think so many of us are walking around as, you know, with our childhood wounds inside of us, you know, and that affects self-esteem. It affects sometimes, you know, how you react to situations, how you handle anger, how you handle stress. You know, it's all of these things that we've picked up along the way. And I, you know, now that I'm more aware of my own childhood wounds, I can sometimes be, you know, more um, sympathetic and, and kind of see it in others, you know, mm -hmm. in the way that it affects their life. And I think, you know, self-esteem is one of the biggest things that affects us. Um, I think as men, but especially I think as women, there's so many more factors that go into self-esteem and, um, you know, a lot of society pressures for women that affect self-esteem. And so, with these two modalities of Reiki and sound healing, how does one then begin to get in touch um, and heal any issues like that with self-esteem? Well, the first step is just awareness of it. Like you said, I think everyone is doing the best they can with our current level of consciousness and awareness. But once we really stop trying to numb things out. I think a lot of times we stay when we feel when we have those uncomfortable feelings or emotions or even little minor little aches and pains in the body. A lot of us try to numb that feeling or numb that pain or keep ourselves busy so we're not thinking about it or maybe taking substances to numb the feeling or the pain when really the healing comes in just facing those uncomfortable truths within us you know when those things start to pop up just giving because we have such a tremendous amount of power when we have that awareness so when you can spot it you can empower yourself to take action to not let that control your life anymore um so and it's and it's so it's like one of the tools that I provide my clients um, before a session and after a session is a little, uh, what we call a chakra assessment. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times we all feel like we're off in some way, whether it be physically, emotionally, spiritually, 
Um, so I have this little assessment which lists the most common physical, emotional, or you know, spiritual symptoms that we can experience when we're off in a particular area. And once we, we can identify that, there are certain everyday normal activities that we can do to move that energy to get us feeling unstuck in those particular areas. Um, so just first of all, identifying it, not running away from it, and knowing that you have every single thing you need already within you to face whatever, you know, life throws our way. Mm -hmm. um, and those, the answer and that power does not exist outside of you. It exists within us. Um, oh, I love so. that. I love that. Um, and let's, you touched on chakras. So I think we hear the word chakra, you know, we may kind of in our mind instantly envision the chart that we see and maybe, you know, massage mm -hmm. therapists, uh, treatment rooms, or just, you know, I think people are much more aware of wellness these days than ever before. So I think we're kind of familiar with chakras, but maybe we can just quickly run through the, the chakras in our body and how do we know when they're out of alignment? You said there's something within each chakra that can kind of give clues that it's out of balance. Absolutely. Well, we have, most of us, when we think of chakras, most of us think of the seven main chakras, which is what I will be talking about today. And those are just basically, I mean, the word chakra means wheel or vortex. And they're just these energy channels through which this universal life force energy flows. And I always compare it to like a water hose. So, you know, if you've got a water hose and it's nice and straight, the inner, you know, the water is flowing freely, but, you know, life happens. We have, you know, stress and everyday things that happen in life that can cause little, you know, twists or kinks in our energetic water hose. And that can cause, you know, some imbalances in the chakra system. So that's like the shush, it's part of our energetic body. We call it the shushmananadi which is a lot, the energetic channel of which the, the chakras, you know, are located. Mm -hmm. So depending on where the kink in the water hose is, we experience different types of symptoms. So we can start, and maybe I can just go through, would you like me to start at the root and maybe work up to the crown of some just yeah. very common things that we can experience? Yeah, that would be um, so the root chakra, which is actually located at the root of our spine, um, when we feel, whenever we're having trust issues, um, our root is tied to security, stability, finances, trust. So we know our root is out of alignment if you know, we're having trust issues or financial issues. Um, if we're feeling you know, insecure in how we earn a living, um, a lot of times it can manifest physically as lower back pain or perhaps um, weight issues. Um, sometimes if you find that you're having a hard time just being still or um, I, I noticed a lot of times it's different, you know, women, a lot of times if we can experience root chakra issues more so in our thighs 
And then I've noticed that a lot of times men, their root chakra issues show up physically in knees. So basically the root starts at the base of the spine and travels all the way down. So that would include like our legs, um, our feet. So any type of physical pain in that area or any insecurity, instability, trust, that would be a root chakra issue. Okay. And then moving up to the sacral chakra, which is above the root, but just a few inches below the belly button. Um, in the sacral chakra, we know that area needs a little bit of extra time and help and attention when we start to have mood swings or we're feeling super you know, hormonal on a particular day. If we are having you know, issues, gynecological issues or issues with our bladder or urinary tract, um, sometimes it can also manifest itself in poor boundaries, maybe having too strong a boundaries or in most cases, um, not boundaries that are not strong enough. Mm-hmm. A lot of times if we are lacking passion in our life or we're having relationship issues or we're carrying guilt, those are all things associated with the sacral chakra. Um, and as we move on up, um, up the spine, so this is a few inches above the belly button, but a little bit below the rib cage is what we call the solar plexus. And that has to do with our self-esteem, our willpower, our determination. You know, so if we're lacking, you know, we're having some self-esteem issues or motivation issues, um, that's usually solar plexus related. Sometimes we can experience digestive issues um, or, and this also can be emotional too. Sometimes if you're feeling taken advantage of, that can be something in the solar plexus as well. Um, I like to consider the solar plexus like our power source. Like if we were to plug ourselves in, like we do our cell phones, that is where we would connect to that power. So, you know, we definitely need to have a a healthy solar plexus chakra to be successful in whatever field that we choose. And then as we move on up, we have the heart chakra, which heart has to do with love on all levels love for others, um, even more important, love for ourselves. And it also has to do with um, boundaries as well. Now, I work with a lot of women, and they are the most kind, loving, supporting, giving women in the world. But when I assess their heart chakra, it is an absolute mess. And a lot of times it has to do with... um, giving too much, <laughs> like over giving or having um, weak boundaries where we're allowing, you know, other people to take advantage of us or, you know, and th- that type of thing. And when you think about the number one, you know, I always like to let people know I'm an energy practitioner. I'm not a doctor or a nurse. So I'm not diagnosing physical illnesses, but one observation that I have made is, you know, if, when we look at the top two killers of women in our country is usually heart disease and breast cancer, which are both, um, you know, heart chakra related illnesses. 
So that is one, like all chakras are important, of course, but that is one that I like to give extra special care because it does serve as a bridge between our physical body and our spiritual body. Um, so the heart, heart chakra issues can definitely be tied to physical things, like I just mentioned too, um, hypertension, if we're feeling, you know, shoulder pain, arthritis, fear of intimacy, lack of self-love, codependency. If we're people pleasing, that's usually associated with the heart chakra. And then moving on up to the throat, our throat has to do with communication and creative expression. Um, so if we are, you know, maybe stuck creatively, like I work with a lot of people who maybe work in fields where they have to do things a certain way. Mm -hmm. And there's not a whole lot of room for, you know, like let's say if you work in law or law enforcement, there's not a, a creative way to, you know, do certain types of your job. So there's usually something creative that needs to be expressed. Um, or it can also be those repressed words. So when we have things that happen in our lives and we don't speak up about them or we don't stand up for ourselves or assert our boundaries or state our needs and desires and we just kind of like let it all stay, we notice throat chakra issues, which can literally be like a sore throat, um, which I can always tell when I need to speak up about something. I'll get like a little scratch in my throat. It can also um, be associated with things like a stiff neck or dental problems, ear infections, those types of things. Mm. Um, and if we find ourselves being overly critical of ourselves or others, that's usually associated with the throat. Um, and then moving up to the third eye, that is our intuition. And especially women, I find, I think I read somewhere that women are 16 times more intuitive um, than males just by how we're created mm -hmm. and a lot of times if we I mean it really is our superpower it's something that comes natural to us so if we don't listen to our intuition that can create you know third eye issues where we can get headaches migraines anxiety um, worrying difficulty concentrating um, lacking our intuition, if we're not using it and we're not trusting it, then we don't feel as connected to it. And then moving on up to the crown, that has to do with our connection to source. So whoever or whatever power you believe in, your connection to that source exists through the crown chakra. And that is where we experience faith and so if we're, we have a lack of faith in ourselves or a lack of faith in a higher power, sometimes that can be associated with an imbalance in the crown chakra. So I know it's a lot of information, but I hope <laughs> that gives you, oh, you made it really a little, a little map. No, I thought it was really helpful. And I know that um, you really prefer to do these healings with Reiki and with the sound healing on one-on-one, -on -one, you know, you and your client rather than in groups. And I thought that was really interesting because I do see a lot of group type Reiki sessions or group, you know, sound bath uh, sessions, which I think can be good, but maybe you can clarify why you choose to do that one-on-one -on -one and why 
you know, we might want to consider having more private sessions when it comes to these modalities. Well, I started that offering just because that is what worked best for me. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I love group sound healings. I think they're wonderful. And if anybody has the opportunity to attend one in their location, I highly suggest it. Um, but I found myself, I am an incredibly empathic person, meaning I can sometimes absorb the energies and the feeling and the thoughts of people around me. So when I was in a group sound bath and all of these people were, you know, releasing, releasing and letting go and, and having these wonderful healing experiences, I was feeling that pain. I was feeling that energy just existing in it. And it was taking it away from my own personal healing. And so I was talking with other people too. And, and I'm very introverted as well. So I like things to be very quiet and peaceful and just to kind of really connect. So I was talking to some friends of mine who had similar experiences with that. And I was like, wouldn't it be awesome if we could just have our own personal sound bath? So whatever it is that we're feeling, we know that is us, that is coming from us, that's us releasing or us receiving. It has nothing to do with you know, the person next door who's, you know, the person sitting next to you that's crying and getting emotional or, you know, the person who's like down, you know, a couple rows that's just feeding off of the energy of other people. And so I started to do that for my friends and my family members. I, and that's when I started to integrate it. So it's a very personalized experience. And people who are more sensitive and empathic and introverted and intuitive, they really heal the most. It's easier for them to kind of let go, surrender, release, and relax when they are still and it's connecting within because it's all about connecting within yourself and not necessarily about the group or the collective. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started to do that and then people are like, you know, you should do this instead. So, and then that's when I devised my own individual sound healing. And it's been, I've just received a lot of feedback, very positive feedback about that experience. So, so yeah. If somebody, if somebody is more sensitive, they might be better off just doing this type of therapy one-on-one rather than in a group. And, or I would imagine if you really have something pretty pertinent to heal, that's probably done best on a one-on-one basis, don't you think? Absolutely, because one of the things I do before we start a session is I use a few different tools to assess the energetic flow of each chakra. So I have a pendulum that I use, and I place the pendulum over each energy center, and the energy does all of the talking. (laughs) So the energy causes the pendulum to move. And depending on how that pendulum moves, communicates to me whether that energy center is open, whether it's imbalanced, or maybe a little bit stuck. So I take note of that. So when I get to that particular energy center, I will play tools that are associated, bowls that are associated with that particular place a little bit longer. Or I'll place, you know, let's say, you know, someone's root chakra is out of alignment, then I'll maybe place the bowl 
you know, on their stomach and then perhaps on their legs, you know, associated with that particular area or play it a little bit longer. Um, so it helps me to kind of really individualize it and, and I don't know. And it just, it just feels more personal that way. And people appreciate that. And a lot of times they'll tell me like, this is what I'm working on. Um, this is what's going, what I'm going through right now. And I can sense, okay, they would probably benefit more from deeper tones mm -hmm. where somebody else may need some of the higher pitch tones or, um, I don't know. It, it's just, it's different. And I love being able to give the body exactly what it is asking for. Mm -hmm. And in a group session, it's just collective energy. So it's like, so there could be somebody in the group that is, you know, going through heartbreak. And then there's somebody else in the group who's feeling really ungrounded. And, you know, the sounds are all going to help that. But when you can just fine tune it to that particular person, it just, it just feels like that healing happens a little bit faster. And then the same thing too, with the channeling of, of life force energy is that person is getting a hundred percent of my full attention. So, you know, in a group session, you know, practitioners are just kind of floating around trying to give everybody maybe a two or three minute personalized attention. Um, but then in a, a one-on-one -on -one session, people feel a lot more I don't know, safe and comfortable in releasing whether sometimes people need to do that verbally. Um, so if someone's going, coming to a session, they feel safe and comfortable letting me know what it is that they want to release or let go. Um, sometimes in sessions, people get emotional. They start to cry as they release, or maybe their body will start to move or to shake a little bit. Or um, sometimes I've even had people start to laugh. Laughing and crying are very similar emotional releases. And in a group setting, we're a lot more self-conscious about that. We don't want to be like that person who's sobbing in the corner or, you know what I mean? But right. like individually, it's yeah. just like, it's just me and you and whatever you need to go through and whatever you need to say and do and react, then you have the space to heal in a way that feels authentic to you. And one thing you also touch on in your treatments is balancing out the feminine and masculine parts of our, our I guess it would be our auras or our being. Um, can you speak to why that is so important to be balanced in your feminine and masculine? Because when those are out of whack, you can really, I don't want to say wreak havoc, but you know, you can really oh, yeah. have a lot of instability in your life. So can you maybe explain that a little bit more of what that means? Absolutely. So the balance, having a balance of the feminine and masculine energy it has absolutely nothing to do with gender, first of all. Like all of us, regardless of our gender, it's important that we have a balance of both feminine and masculine. So think about it. There's probably been times in our lives when we have felt super, super, super grounded, but we have lacked that purpose or the greater why. So we feel sort of unfulfilled. Or sometimes we may have times in our life where we're really connected to spirit, feeling super intuitive and creative, but we lack the groundedness to get anything done. So it's like we're not making the most of that potential. 
So when we have a balance of both the feminine and the masculine energy, it helps those energies to work together. So it's not just choosing one or the other, it's having a combination of both. So we know we're in our masculine energy when, I mean, first of all, the masculine energy is the energy of action, doing, giving. Anytime we're planning something, we're super focused, or we're just getting things stuff, you know, getting stuff checked off our to-do list. Um, anytime we have to be assertive or protective or access that part of our brain that uses analytic problem solving or, you know, take a leadership role and stick to a very structured schedule with a linear plan, that is when we're using our masculine energy, which is wonderful. But if we're too much in the masculine energy, then we can often become burned out. We're doing too much. We're giving too much. Um, uh, we also know we're too much in our masculine if we're feeling anxious or if we start to just go through the motions and we lose the why of why we're doing this in the first place. Or if we notice that we're starting to feel um, taken advantage of, then you know, you know your, your masculine energy might be a little bit out of whack. Okay. Whereas the feminine energy, that is the energy of just being still in receiving. Um, it really, when we're connected to our feminine energy, we're super tapped into our own feelings, our own needs, and our own emotions. And we can also tap into the same of others as well. And it's when we feel really nurturing and we're open to receiving the time, the attention, the resources. Um, we're filled with compassion. Our feminine energy is more spontaneous. You know, instead of with our masculine energy, we stick to like a little to-do list and a plan, whereas the feminine energy, we just kind of go more with the flow without a strict schedule. And it's in this flow where creativity is born. Um, but if we're too much in the feminine, we start to feel a little bit isolated or we can feel lonely, resentful, or just simply unmotivated. It's like we've got all these wonderful ideas and things that we've created with our feminine energy, but we're lacking the groundedness to take action on them. So we're not reaching our full potential. So that is why, you know, having kind of using them together is helps us in all aspects of our life. Mm -hmm. And I know that one way that, you know, you use to kind of keep things in balance with chakras, with energy, and with feminine and masculine energies within us is the use of crystals. And, you know, I think as women, you know, in the beauty industry specifically, you know, we're, a lot of times we work, we're, we're our own bosses, we work for ourselves, um, you know, many of us are in sales and you're doing, it's, it's a very masculine type of role dealing with numbers and, you know, sales aspect of it. Or if you're on the creative side as, as a hairstylist or esthetician or even massage therapist, there still is that component of business. So even though you're giving, you know, it's also, it can really get things out of whack. You know, I just think because you're in, you have feet in both energies when you're in those roles. How can we stay more grounded in our profession using crystals and how can we use those 
in our workspace or in our personal space to keep us centered and keep us, you know, flowing in the right direction. Absolutely. Well, in order to balance the feminine and the masculine energy, it just requires a lot of different self-care. And those different self-care practices can be different depending on, you know, whether we're trying to calm, you know, which side we're trying to calm. So integrating those crystals into your self-care practices can be very helpful. Um, so crystals are just tools, you know, kind of like in the beauty industry, how we use makeup and different types of things just to enhance the beauty and the power that already exists. Crystals mm -hmm. can be used in a similar way. Um, they, I mean, everything has its own energy and its own, you know, crystals included, and they have different properties that we can call upon to help support us throughout our, you know, personal life or professional life. So first of all, crystals are just beautiful. Just even having them in your personal space or your workspace where you can just tap in and draw upon their energy and their beauty just by having them in this space. Like in, in my office, I have quite a few different crystals. I have them throughout my home. And every time I look at them and I just, you know, remember the energy attached to those things and it helps to calm people. Like when people walk into my office, they're immediately drawn to the beautiful pieces that they see. Mm -hmm. um, so even just having them in, if you had, you know, one just gorgeous piece that you felt really connected to in your space or at your workstation or in your office, um, they can also be worn. I like to, I prefer to wear bracelets. So there's just beautiful crystal bracelets. I mean, they look gorgeous, but they also have the properties of whatever stone they're made of. So you can wear them as jewelry and, you know, a bracelet or as a necklace. When I'm working, you know, I can't wear a lot of jewelry because it'll make, make noise and everything. So sometimes I will just stick crystals down my shirt <laughs> or in my pocket just mm -hmm. to have that energy near me um, without actually wearing it. Um, you can also too, meditation is a huge part of, or it can be very, very helpful in balancing both the feminine and the masculine energy. And one of the things I like to have my clients do during sessions is choose just to intuitively select two stones or crystals that they feel drawn to and just hold them in their palm chakras and just have those there throughout the session. So that's something we can do for ourselves. So if we're having, you know, more meditative moments where we can just put one in each hand, just hold them, close our eyes, meditate on their properties, focus on our breath and reconnecting. You know, that's another way that you can use them. You can also have, you know, some available for your own clients to use. Like if they're, you know, getting their hair done or their makeup done, why not play with the stuff? Why not have the crystals in your hands or just, you know, spend time with them that way. Um, you can also place them on the physical body. Before I would do sound healing, I would place, you know, a crystal on a particular, let's say somebody needed to be a little bit more grounded, I would place a stone, you know, on their stomach somewhere, or if I felt like they needed to access self-love a little bit more, I would put like a rose quartz on the heart and just keep that there for a few minutes so they can be placed on the physical body as well. 
Um, and sometimes too, I have some that I like to like, just put in my pillowcase at night and <laughs> ones that I find to be incredibly calming and soothing. I just toss it in my pillowcase and have it, have it there while I sleep. Mm -hmm. So those are just a few different ways that we can use them. And what are some crystals that would be good for people in the arts, like hairstylists, estheticians, makeup artists? I, I, even, I even put massage in there because that is an art as well. Oh, absolutely. And people, all, a lot of times. Yeah, and we're all kind of, I don't know, if you're like in a salon or if you worked in, with a group of artists, it's a lot of energy. It's, it's a wonderful energy. I love it. But it can be a little in the air. And yes. I feel like sometimes we all need to be pulled down to earth, a little grounding, maybe. Um, and, you know, I think, yeah, let's start there. So like for grounding, for artists, you know, what would be good? Okay, well, those of us who work very close with other people, you can probably, I think we all can relate to sometimes feeling the energy and the emotions of the people mm. that we are working on. Absolutely. And if you are sensitive and empathic, you know, you, you can, it's impossible not to really feel that. So I use crystals in a way that can help protect me from some of maybe the negative energies or harsh energies that we may encounter from day to day. Okay. So there are a few protective crystals that I like to keep in my pocket or down my shirt or um, wear. A few examples of those are black tourmaline, hematite, tiger's eye, malachite. They're all very, very protective, protective crystals that help to, to like almost like dispel some of the negative energy that we experience. Um, obviously too, when we are super connected, you know, artists, we're very much, we call it in the upper chakras, you know, yeah. like our third eye crowd, <laughs> like that type of thing. Yes. We crystals can help to kind of ground us and to bring us back down to earth. Mm -hmm. um, so things like desert jasper can be incredibly grounding. Sm smoky quartz is another one that is both grounding and protective. Um, there are some crystals too that we consider to be master healers, meaning they aren't known for just properties in one particular area or for one particular purpose. They're master healers, meaning that they can be both inspiring as well as grounding. And these are ones that probably most people are familiar with. Um, clear quartz. I mean, if you could just choose one, <laughs> clear quartz is amazing. Um, and clear quartz helps to amplify our intentions. Um, selenite is another one that really helps us to connect to our source, to our crown chakra, third eye, but it's also incredibly protective. I actually use selenite. I keep selenite in all of my windowsills. I just kind of keep a little stone there or a little slab there just to kind of protect my space. Um, amethyst is another one that is considered a master healer that's protective as well as inspiring. Um, smoky quartz, I think I mentioned that one as well. So yeah. those are kind of like all purpose and then we've got some of the protecting ones. Um, sometimes too, we have personal goals. We can use crystals as a way to support our goals, whether they be personal goals, our business goals. I mean, all of us are always looking for more. Or we, we, we would welcome prosperity, you know, prosperity on all levels. 
-hmm. So you can actually, you know, I don't like to just like look at my crystals as like, oh, they're so nice and pretty. I like to set an intention. So if I have a particular goal that I'm working on or, you know, whether it's a, a sales goal or a personal goal, you that's tied to prosperity. I'll like write it on a little piece of paper and I'll place a candle there. And, and next to that space, I'll place a, a crystal that is associated with prosperity. Things like avatarine um, is one of the luckiest stones, citrine, amazonite, any of those types that you can use to help you to manifest whatever it is that you would like to draw upon and have more of in your life. So, and I love yeah. that you had given me that tip about writing down your intention or, you know, a goal and then placing it under the candle. But you had specifically instructed not to blow out that candle. Like if you're going to have to leave for the day or you can't, you know, you, you don't want to leave a candle unintended in your home, but right. um, to not blow it out, but to use a candle snuffer to get it out um, until you can return and, and light it again. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, because I like to have just little, I like to use the different elements to help keep me mindful, you know, to keep me focused on my intention. So it's almost like my own little sacred ritual. So, you know, and it, using the crystal, I usually use a candle combined with a crystal, and then I like to write things out. So like it's, you know, more of a creative goal. I might use something like carnelian or if I need to boost um, my communication, I might use something like calcite. So just depending on whatever property I need, I write it out and I write it out in the present tense. So like, thank you for blessing me with the communication or, you know, whatever it is, like you're, you're, writing like it's already exist mm -hmm. in your life and you place it under there and you light the candle and just restate that goal, restate that intention. And you have those crystals and that energy there to support you depending on, you know, whether it's a creative goal a protective goal, whatever that may be. Um, and then every time you look at that candle or every time you reach for that crystal or look for that crystal, it reminds you of your why. What is it that you're working so hard for? Why, why are you doing this? And it helps to keep you focused on what you want in your life and not so much on what you don't want. A lot of times when we have little breaks in between clients, we're like, oh, I'm so stressed. I'm so hungry. I'm so tired. And instead, I kind of like go in my little sacred space and just take a moment to look at the flame mm -hmm. and, you know, just have restate some affirmations or kind of plant more, you know, nurture more of those positive seeds in our subconscious mind. And, and the reason why I don't blow the candle out, I just consider like that candle to be part of that intention. Mm -hmm. So if you're leaving the space, you just kind of snuff it out, meaning like we're going to put a little pause on this. Mm -hmm. And then when we come back, we restate that intention again, holding the crystal, lighting the candle. And then once the candle's out, then you can go to another intention that you might want to do. Right. So it sounds pretty simple it. and some people might think it's silly, but to me, it's like, whatever it is I focus on, I am literally rolling a red carpet out to have more of in my life. Mm -hmm. So anytime we can do that, and I don't think of self-care and meditation as something that we only do separately. It can be integrated into 
our life, you know, while you're working with clients, you know, looking at the candle and enjoying the crystals and Mm -hmm. restating all of that. And um, I also take it as a reminder to consciously breathe. Mm -hmm. One of the most powerful healing tools that we have within us is our breath, is our breathing. And it's the very first thing that we very first thing to go when we become stressed and overwhelmed is our breathing becomes shallow. Our posture becomes constrained and that life force energy is constricted. So, you know, I always give people, I call it cell phone homework, or in this case, crystal homework or candle homework. But every time you catch yourself looking at your cell phone or looking at the crystal or looking at the candle, take that as a, a to have a moment of mindfulness to consciously breathe Inhaling through the nose, letting that your navel expand, moving that energy up through the heart, just shining out through the eyes, holding that conscious breath as long as you feel comfortable, and then just take a nice exhale. And that's something you can do. I mean, we're going to breathe all day anyway, so you might as well help to breathe consciously. Mm -hmm. So doing that, having that in your workspace or your home space just provides reminders of how powerful we are with our intentions and with our breath and all those little all those little tools that we can use throughout our day yeah that's really helpful and speaking of tools i know people can go to your website and i would suggest that they sign up for your newsletter because you give wonderful tips and tricks every month about mindfulness about crystals about healing um you always share something really interesting in your newsletter. And I know you also offer a free ebook that people can, can get, and it really helps educate them about chakras to understand it better. And then your website also has a great resource for crystals. People can actually purchase crystals. Absolutely. Yes. If your listeners are curious, I would like to know more about chakras and just normal everyday activities that we can do to restore harmony and balance to the body's energetic system. I do have that uh, free ebook. So once you subscribe, it will immediately send you a book where it will, you know, has a little chakra assessment. So you can determine where in your body some, you know, energy may be stuck. And then based on that, it'll, it'll provide different activities that you can do. You know, like if, you know, your sacral chakra is out of alignment, your body's craving more gentleness on that particular day. So it gives suggestions on things that can be done. Whereas if you're having a day where you're lacking confidence or motivation, you know, the activity that that chakra would benefit most from would be movement and getting that heart pumping and moving. So it helps us to really tap in and know how am I feeling today? And if I'm going to take 30 minutes to to myself today or an hour today to do something for self-care, what would my body benefit most from? So that's something that that ebook can help people to determine for themselves. And it can be different each day. I mean, there's some days like today I woke up and I needed to do like more of a yin type stretchy yoga. Whereas yesterday I went and hiked Red Rock, you know, all depending on how I was feeling inside Um, And then too, like once, you know, my subscribers, they will, you know, I have regular emails that I send out that address different, you know, documentaries and books and healing tools and resources that we can call upon regardless of our field, just to help keep us in alignment 
And I do have a little crystal store online that's available throughout the United States of some of my favorite healing tools. So you can kind of browse those and see if any of them, you know, if, any, if you're called to it, I, I always say, don't overthink it. People always ask me, which crystal do I need? I'm like, just let your intuition help you. And then you can read a little bit about the properties and how to use those. Um, and yeah. And if people ever find themselves in Las Vegas and you'd like to experience your own personal sound healing, you know, look me up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I just have to say, you know, yes, it was a, an amazing, um, experience and treatment. I definitely can't wait to schedule another one. I just think it's really important that, you know, what we discussed today about your chakras and being in touch with your inner self and, you know, being willing to, to do the work to heal is such a big step to overall beauty. Because I think when people, you know, think beauty, you know, a lot of times the first thing we think about is the physical, you know, how somebody looks. And of course, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But I think it's so important um, that we also really work on beauty for the inside. And that sometimes can take more work, quite honestly. It's easy to oh, I... or throw on some foundation if you're not perfect, but, or if you're not feeling perfect, I should say, but working on the inside, that takes a lot more effort and work and is just, I think, even more important than the outside. I 100% agree with you. I always say that energy is beauty that can be felt and not so much seen. It's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, when you walk into a space mm -hmm. and you're around someone, you can feel their beauty. Like your energy speaks louder than anything. And there's, mm -hmm. there's no way to put a mask on the energy. <laughs> like it's just, it is what it is. And yeah. that's why with energy work, you know, using tools like crystals and sound healing and Reiki, those are all things that help to powerfully charge and expand our aura which is the energy that surrounds us and that energy helps us to attract circumstances relationships and opportunities that are in alignment with us so when we pay just as much if not more attention to our inner beauty as we do our outer beauty it enhances every single aspect of our life that's a great way to end this episode. Great advice. Thank you so much, Michelle, for taking time out of your very busy day. I really appreciate all your insight. It's been wonderful chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me, Claudia. It's been an honor to be a part of your wonderful podcast. I'm such a fan and I just really enjoyed our time together. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you liked this episode, I would be grateful if you would rate and review and be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when the next episode goes live. To learn more about makeup, skincare, self-care, and my personal go-to products, visit thebeautydebut.com. Do you want to continue today's conversation? You can find me on Instagram at thebeautydebut and on LinkedIn at Claudia Fabian.